This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? Blessed. Blessed. Excellent. Can everybody hear me out there? Uh, excellent. I uh, realized I was talking to the sound man, Tom, beforehand that uh, I wore a sweater, which is not conducive to placing a microphone here when you've got a beard that's going to be covering up the microphone. So, uh, don't make me, there's a, I found a scripture that says not to shave your beards. Don't make me go there. I'll improvise. I'll improvise this whole message on not shaving your beards. Just kidding. Uh, um, well, I'm Josh Samples. I'm, uh, of course, pastor's uh, son and Pastor David's brother. So, uh, I was thinking about it. I really, Usually, if I get to preach, it means that these two are both out of town or unavailable, because I'm like the third-string guy. Uh, so uh, I kind of got big shoes to fill. I was thinking about it. Uh, back in, uh, in the day, I used to be a huge Indianapolis Colts fan, and whenever they got a huge, enormous lead, they would bring in this guy off of the bench named Curtis Painter. Yeah. Curtis Painter. And he was probably, I don't know how he made the NFL, because it... He never actually got to play because he only played if they had like a 50-point lead. And and he, whenever they brought him in, it's because they were up by 50 points, but he would still just look like a deer in the headlights. Like, he has no idea what's going on. And you're like, I feel sorry for Curtis Painter. But you know what? He probably had the easiest job in the world because he never had to play. So, but I am trusting tonight that uh, the Holy Spirit is going to help me uh, speak on what I have to speak on tonight because, uh, you know... I have to rely on the Holy Spirit, otherwise it's just me talking, and that's no fun for anybody. Um, before I talk, though, uh, Pastor always, uh, uh, he always uh, tries to find books that go along with his message. Because we, uh, we have that book for Bethel, not because we're trying to, to make a bunch of money, but just because we want uh, you to be blessed and be able to further study some of these topics yourself. So uh, we have a book back there by uh, Dave Ramsey called The Total Money Makeover. And uh, this book will cover in great detail a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about tonight. So uh, uh, we also have the Financial Peace University. I'll talk more about that throughout the night. But uh, if you're not able to make FPU, this is a great book to grab because it's one you can read at home. It talks about uh, how to ha- handle money God's ways, biblical finance. Um, so pick this up in the bookstore. I'll just uh, set it here so I have room for my notes. Uh, before we get started, I want to open up with prayer real quick, just because, like I said, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. So if you wouldn't mind, let's bow our heads. Father God, in Jesus' name, I just, I love you, Lord God, and I'm so thankful for your sweet Holy Spirit that uh, your word says he helps us. So even uh, in our weaknesses, Lord, he helps us. So where I might make fun of myself, he is here helping me, Lord God. He's helping me speak the right words. And and tonight, Lord, I do ask that if I speak any words that are not of you, you just help them to fall to the ground so that only your word remains because you tell us in the scripture that your word does not return void. It always accomplishes everything you want it to do. So I just thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit helping me to speak your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I want to talk about tonight is, uh, if you're taking notes, you can write down my title. If you fail to plan... You plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And uh, I was thinking about it. 
you know, since I don't get to preach as often, I, I only know like three sermons. So you, a lot of you guys have probably heard my sermons over and over again. But uh, it's okay. I was listening to Brother Hagen today, and he was talking about, uh, he was uh, ministering to a woman uh, that was uh, sick with cancer. And he said he would go over there two or three days a week for about six or seven months straight. And every single day, he would read her the same scripture. Just one scripture, read it to her every single day. And then he'd talk about the same thing every day. Sometimes uh, he'd talk about it uh, for five minutes, but sometimes for an hour, just talking about the same thing every day uh, for two or three days a week for about six months. Uh, and he said that's because that's uh, what the Holy Spirit wanted her to receive. And once she finally, it finally got through her head, what he was speaking to her, she received her healing from cancer. So, um, so that being said, uh, with me speaking the same messages over and over again, hopefully one of these days it'll click with all of us. And then I'll be forced to learn some new messages. <laughs> uh, so uh, what, what I want to talk about, if you plan to fail to plan, you plan to fail, uh, is biblical finance. And I just want to really, really, really quick, uh, I've talked about this a hundred times, but in the parable of the talents we see in the scripture, that, uh, that the more that we properly handle money or blessing, the more that God is able to trust us with. Uh, and the less, the more poorly we handle finances or blessing, the less the Lord is able to trust us with. Uh, I'm not going to read that whole uh, passage, but it's the parable of the talents. Look it up later. It's in, it's in the Gospels. Um, so, uh, just to lay the framework for, for where I'm going to, before I get in the heart of the message tonight, uh, I want to give you some real quick steps on how we can biblically uh, handle money. Uh, the first thing we need to do, uh, found out of Proverbs 22.7, I'm just going to go over these real quick so you can write them down if you want. Uh, to handle money biblically, you need to get out of debt. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, we don't believe around here that being in debt is a sin, but on the other hand, it's one of those things that anytime you see uh, debt in the Bible, it's never positive. It always has a negative connotation, kind of like this thing, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Nobody wants to be a slave. Um, in fact, Jesus said, uh, you can't serve God and, and money. Uh, so if you're in debt, you can't fully serve the Lord. So we want you to get out of debt as quickly as possible. Uh, the second thing to biblically handle money uh, is what I like to say, uh, act your wage. Act your wage. And what the, uh, this, uh, in Proverbs 21.20, it says, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So basically what I mean by act your wage is that uh, your income needs to be more than your outgo. If you're constantly spending more than you have, uh, then it's not good. Uh, the, the scripture, uh, Proverbs 21.20, says that fools spend whatever they get. If you're spending more than you make, the Bible calls you a fool. And uh, that's the Bible speaking, not me. <laughs> the third thing uh, is going to be you need to get on a budget. And we'll go, get into this a whole lot more tonight. Um, but Proverbs 12.1 says, uh, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Sorry, and you'll, you'll hear you'll, <laughs> Proverbs 12, 1. Uh, and this is the uh, NIV. It says, Whoever loves discipline 
And who loves discipline? But it says if you love discipline, you love knowledge. But whoever hates correction is stupid. And once again, that's the, that's the Bible. That's God speaking. That's not me. So uh, if, if you have a problem with that, you can take that up with him. Whenever we get Just kidding. But uh, part of being uh, disciplined is being able to, to teach yourself how to do a budget, uh, how to stay on budget. So uh, that's what I'm going to talk a lot more about tonight. But let me finish these uh, biblical finance real quick. Uh, the fourth thing uh, for biblical, handling money biblically is you need to save money. Uh, and uh, Proverbs uh, 21.20 says, The wise, and once again, you're going to keep seeing these uh, in these scriptures, the, the phrases, the wise and fools. You'll see it over and over. It says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. So wise people store and save up, but fools just, go, just gobble it down. Everything they get, they just gobble it down. So we need to save money if we're going to handle money biblically. And of course, the last one, uh, last but not least, is we need to give. Acts 20.35 tells us, you know, to remember the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And uh, this scripture really came alive to me when I realized, you know, uh, I've been on the, on the side of the spectrum where I've been the one needing to, uh, to receive because, you, know, you know, maybe I don't have enough for my bills or whatever. But I've also been on the side where you're able to you have a little bit extra so you can help someone else. And let me tell you, I'd so much rather be on the side that uh, is able to give than the one that's always needing to receive. It's, it's good to receive when you need it, and we preach that. But uh, it's so much better to be able to give. That's uh, so important. So that's the five uh, steps for biblical finance. But the one I really want to focus in on tonight is that third one, uh, get on a budget. And that's where I talk about uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, Let's flip over real quick to Luke chapter 14, if we can. Luke chapter 14. I'll give you just a second there. I still hear some pages turning. <laughs> Luke chapter 14, and let's look down at uh, verse 28. And I'm, uh, I'm in the, the NIV tonight, uh, just a little easier for simpletons like myself to understand. Uh, it says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. So, what this scripture is saying is that if you don't plan ahead, then per Jesus, we're all the rest of us that do plan are allowed to make fun of you for being ridiculous. Because it says that you would be ridiculed, uh, which is where we get uh, the phrase ridiculous. So if you get halfway through and don't have enough, then I will make fun of you. Just kidding. Uh, 
There are many areas where we should plan ahead, uh, but today we're going to focus specifically on the financial aspect. So, how do we plan ahead financially? I'm going to say the most basic way that we plan ahead financially is we need to budget. You need to create a budget. And, and stick with me. We're going to teach you how to budget, and we'll make it, we'll make it spiritual, but I'm going to go practical for a, a few minutes here. As I was thinking about budgeting, I was thinking about uh, our own congressional government, because uh, we have a Congress, and one of Congress's main jobs is to set the budget for the country. And they're always on the news that they, uh, the Congress can't figure out how to, how to balance the budget. They can't figure out how to set the budget. Uh, I was looking, and uh, one of the recent Gallup polls showed that congressional approval is, uh, at, at the time I looked at this, was around 28%. So that's less than 30%. That means that over 70% of the country does not approve of, of Congress. They think they're a bunch of morons that can't figure out what they're doing. Because they can't figure out how to even set a basic budget. I found another Gallup poll that shows that uh, us as a country, uh, only about 30% of, the, of people actually do a monthly budget themselves for their home. So that's around the same percentage that makes fun of Congress for not being able to do a budget. <laughs> so there's some sort of a, a disconnect or some hypocrisy going on here. You know, the same amount of people that don't do a budget, also think that Congress is morons because they don't do a budget. Something to think about. So, uh, I was trying to think, what are some reasons that people don't budget? Uh, maybe people don't budget because they're afraid of what, they find, what they'll find. They're, you know, like the, uh, like the ostrich. They think if they just stick their head in the ground and ignore it, then everything will be okay. But honestly, uh, my wife, Julie, and I have been doing, uh, helping people uh, budget for, for several years now, just because that's one of the gifts the Lord has given us. And honestly, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. That's why we love to help people with their budgets, because after you sit down and do a budget, it's always better than you thought. You know, it's like, okay, maybe we've got to work out some stuff, but it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. So there's no reason to be afraid of a budget. Just ignoring it's not going to make it get any better. Um, another reason is maybe uh, budgeting has not worked for them in the past. They, you know, I, I tried to budget once, and that didn't work out for me. But, may, uh, you know, that's why we're going to teach you how to do a budget. Because if you do it right, budgeting does work. My wife and I do budgets every single month. Um, maybe in the past, someone has used a budget to abuse them, you know. You know that? We don't have enough money to eat ramen noodles every single day for the rest of the week. It's not in the budget. But the cool thing about a budget uh, is if you do it the right way, then you're going to be doing it with your accountability partner, or especially if you're married, you're going to be doing your budget with your spouse. And if you're not on the same page, then you're not doing it right. And when you're on the same page, that means you both get a say in it. So there's no one abusing each other with the budget because you're, you're working together as a team. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. And another reason I was thinking of why people maybe uh, wouldn't want to do a budget is maybe they think, you know, well, only, only poor people have to do budgets. <laughs> uh, we're doing just fine. We don't need a budget. We've got plenty of money. 
But uh, I've talked about it before. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you make if you don't handle it right. You're going to run out. Uh, I don't. I didn't write the statistics down tonight, but I've talked about it before. Uh, there's like a, NFL players making millions of dollars, and like the vast majority of them, within a couple of years of retirement, are completely broke and bankrupt. Because it doesn't matter how much you make if you don't do it right. The most important thing is making sure that you do it right. It's not a poverty mindset. It's not a, a poor person thing to do budgets. Everybody, no matter how rich or how poor, needs to do a budget. The main goals of a budget, uh, the three main things that we want to get in there, uh, is we're going to make sure that we have money, of course, to give. Uh, the Bible says that each of us should give as we purpose in our heart, which means that you're planning ahead. Uh, we need to have money to save. And uh, we also need to have a little, some money in there to spend. If your budget does not include these three things, then you're not going to be able to enjoy your, your money because you're... Um, if you never, if all you do is save, then uh, you're never have, getting to have any funny money with your money. Then that's no fun. But if all you do is spend, and you never save, then that's not any good either. So you, your budget needs to include all three of those things: giving, saving, and spending. So the first thing, uh, as far as this budget, I want to talk about is. Uh, how do we budget? How to budget? Uh, Habakkuk 2.2 says, To write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write the vision. So uh, the vision can also mean goals or plans. So your budget must be written down on paper or a uh, maybe on an app on your phone or on a PC, it cannot be just in your head conceptual. And just to clarify, I was thinking about it, doing a budget is not uh, going to the store, pulling up your online banking, and seeing if you have money in your account and then swiping your card. That's not how you budget. That's going to get you in a hole in a hurry. And I, I, unfortunately, I've worked with people before who think that's how you budget. You go, well, it says I've got $100 in my account, and this is only $50, so I'll swipe my card. Then they go to the next store. Well, it still, it still says I have 100, so I'm going to swipe for 75 here, and then they're in the hole. You'd be surprised people do that. So it can't be in your head. You need to write down your budget. And the way it works is that your income minus your outgo needs to equal zero. You have to get it down to zero so you're accounting for every single dollar. If you don't uh, account for every single dollar, then my wife and I will testify that some of it tends to disappear. Uh, so a real basic example uh, would be maybe a teenager uh, who makes $100. I wrote down for, for mowing grass, but then I got to thinking that's from back where I lived in Indiana. Out here, there maybe they're raking sand or something. There's a, what, I don't know, whatever teenagers do to make spare money. Not a whole lot of grass to uh, rake. But if a teenager made $100 from, uh, from doing chores or whatever, the first thing that we're going to put in that budget is going to be the tithe. Does anybody know what the tithe off of $100 is? $10. So once you do that, that leaves you uh, uh, $90 to, for the rest of that 100 So I put maybe savings, $15, video game, 
for a teenager of $50, clothes for $25, they've accounted for all of that money, and it equals zero. And I'll, I'll show you how this works in just a second. So that's how you budget. You write it all down. But what are we going to budget? What do we put in the budget? And for that, it's simply everything. Everything goes in the budget. Um, if it's not written down in your budget, it does not get spent, period, unless you adjust your budget first so that it still balances. Um, are the ushers uh, in here? Or let me, uh, They said I could uh, grab uh, Nick and John. I'm going to have you guys, for a, uh, a nice demonstration here, the, the guys are going to bring over this board, and I'm going to welcome up my lovely assistant, my beautiful wife, Mrs. Julie Samples. Put that uh, wherever she tells you. It's like uh, when, uh, when Jesus turned the water into wine, Mary said, uh, just, do, just do whatever Jesus tells you. So she's not Jesus, but, you know, she's a saint, though. My wife is a saint, so do whatever she tells you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, can everybody see that? So I thought it'd be fun just to take just a couple minutes. We don't have a ton of time. But to just do a basic budget to show you how this is going to work. This is how Julie and I do our budget every month. So um, just to keep things easy and so that we aren't doing lots of getting our, our calculator and spreadsheets out, uh, we're just going to say we got this person, whoever it is, makes $1,000. Yeah, hopefully you can see that. And once again, $1,000 isn't a lot of money. This maybe maybe they're a kid or something. And so um, this is just easy numbers. So the first thing that you do with any budget is the tithe. And my wife, she's getting ahead of us. Pay no attention. I was going to ask you what the tithe off of $1,000 was. But uh, my wife has, has so kindly given you the answer. <laughs> and if you haven't caught on yet, tithe, most of us should know this, but the word tithe literally just means tenth. If you look up the word tithe in the dictionary, it means tenth. So you can't, uh, you can't give 5% and say that you're tithing because you can't fifth a tenth, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that makes any sense. Or, or, and you couldn't give 15% and say you're tithing because you can't fifteenth a tenth. A tithe is always 10%. So that's how I, that's how I get this number. $100... Um, for ties. And then the next, uh, the reason I always put this at the top too, um, the giving at the top, is because uh, if you don't, the Bible says Matthew 6 33 to seek first the kingdom of God. So the first thing in your budget always, always needs to be your giving. Um, so I've, we've worked with people before that, that say, well, you know, I did my budget, but then I get to the bottom and I don't have any, any room for giving. And the, the simple answer for that is, well, your budget's upside down. Because the, the tithe needs to be at the top, and then you make everything else work, instead of vice versa, because the Lord can't bless you if you're not tithing. Message for another night. <laughs> and the second thing I put on there is maybe some savings. So I wrote down uh, $75, just keeping nice, simple numbers. And once again, savings is kind of like the giving. If you tell me that you get to the end of the month, uh, and you don't have any money for savings, it's because you put it up on the wrong end of your budget. You need to make sure that savings is a priority, otherwise you'll never do it. 
And after you do your tithing uh, and your savings, the next thing we do is we prioritize by what Dave Ramsey calls the four walls. These are food, shelter, transportation, and clothing. Everything else in your budget is always going to be secondary to making sure that you and your family are eating and having a safe place to live. You know, it's not right to uh, be current on your $300 credit card payment and only have $5 left to eat. You know what? If it comes down to it, the credit card company, you know what? They'll figure it out, but I'm going to feed my family. (laughs) So the next thing I put on here would be $200 for food. Just nice, simple numbers so that we don't have to get off the uh, abacus and... Just kidding. Abacus, that's like really old calculator. That's enough. Wife's making fun of me while I'm trying to preach. Uh, so going along with those four walls, I put $75 uh, for you, please. Oh, and I forgot to explain. Uh, what we're doing is after you write down something, you subtract it so you see how much money you have left to work with. Yeah, it looks good. So seventy five dollars for utility, which leaves us five fifty. And then I I don't know, I put rent four fifty. Maybe you have a roommate or something, you got a nice deal on rent. Once again, just trying to keep simple numbers. And so see that leaves us one hundred dollars. And then you need to put gas in your car so you can get to work, so I don't know, fifty bucks we'll say, just just to keep it simple. And then, maybe your phone bill is 50 bucks. <laughs> may not have room there, but if you can uh, see that, that chicken scratch, that is supposed to be a zero. <laughs> so what we've done is we took that money before we even got our single paycheck, and we've gone through and planned for all of it. And that's how you need to do your budget. You need to make sure... You put everything in it. Um, if you miss stuff, then you're going to have to adjust something. You know, if, you, if the kids have got a field trip or something, then maybe you have to take a little bit of money off something else to make sure it all works. Because, like we were talking earlier, if you're if you're spending more than you're making, you're going to end up in a hole. So that is how to do a budget. Uh, real quick, I'm going to talk just for a couple more minutes. Uh, I think, yeah. You can sit down. Let's give a hand to my beautiful assistant. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so that was what to budget. You need to budget everything. How about when to budget? When do we need to do our budgets? And the most basic answer is that you need to budget before the money is in hand. Before you get the money, you need to already have a plan for it. If you don't budget before you get your paycheck or cash or whatever you get, the money will mysteriously disappear. (laughs) Uh, John Maxwell, uh, one of his most famous quotes, he says, A budget is simply telling your money where to go instead of asking where it went. A budget is telling your money where to go instead of uh, asking where it went. So you need to do your budget before you uh, even get your paycheck. My wife and I, 
do budgets, and that's what we'll teach you in FPU, to do a budget every single month. And a lot of times it, it might maybe will be similar if you know if you're on a salary or something, but you still need to budget every single month. Otherwise, you'll be the one asking where your money went, which was exactly Julie and I. I won't, don't have a ton of time, so I won't talk about that too much. But why do we budget? Let's flip over real quick to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, this is a, a really cool passage. Um, the Bible talks about this concept of something called a harvest of righteousness and peace. That sounds nice and fluffy, doesn't it? Can I interest anybody in a harvest of, of righteousness and peace? Pastor, oh, Pastor Davis said he'll take a double helping. <laughs> yeah, super, uh, Dylan said he'll have his harvest uh, of righteousness and peace supersized, so... Let's see how you get this harvest, though. Let's uh, look down at verse 5. It says, And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline, because God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, or then you are illegitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Uh, Verse 9. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. And verse 11 is the one I want to get to. It says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. For those who have been trained by it. So if we want righteousness and peace in our lives, we need to be disciplined. And the way we're disciplined financially is that we need to budget. And that's why you need to budget. Uh, I read it earlier, but Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. So you have to have discipline in your money or else you're stupid. (laughs) But uh, back to the budget, uh, if you don't, it's all good and well to do the budget, but if you don't actually follow the budget, then none of this is going to work for you. James 1.22 says that we need to not just listen to God's word, we need to do what it says. Yes. Uh, just like Pastor was talking about, you have to not only be willing by doing your budget, but you have to uh, be obedient by sticking to your budget. So, uh, yeah, so I'm tagging right off of what Pastor said. That was in, that was in my notes. Just kidding. Um, 
So I was thinking, you know, what if uh, you've already done your budget, you put it down to zero like we just taught, uh, but then you go to the store and there's uh, something that you've really been wanting to buy and it's on sale for today only, but your budget's already done. I, I wrote down three options. The first one uh, would be, the, you know, probably what we should do is just don't buy it. There'll be a sale next time. But if you really, really, really uh, have to have it, then you can adjust your budget. And that's what we were talking about earlier. You can go back and change one of these categories, subtract it by the amount of that item, and add whatever you're wanting to buy in there so that it still equals zero. Because no matter what, it still has to equal zero. Don't buy it or adjust your budget. Or you could just uh, also just wait for next time, you know. There will be a next time. Most of these stores have sales like every other week. I, I think, I don't know, my wife goes to shop. Just didn't. Um, so we just need to remember uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12 teaches us that the grace of God, the same grace that saves us, teaches us to say no. So by the grace of God, you can say no to that sale so it doesn't throw off your budget. Uh, number five here real quick. I want to just real quick because we're running out of time. I want to talk about uh, who does the budget. And the answer there is simply everyone needs to do a budget. Um, I did write a little side note. Uh, if you're married and one of you can't add, that person should probably not be the one that does this part of the budget. As a married couple, the one who's able to add should be the one that actually prepares the budget. But that doesn't mean the other person doesn't have input in the budget. They just aren't allowed to do the addition and subtraction. They still get input into the budget, because uh, if not, that's where we get where we were talking earlier, where they're going to think that you're just using the budget to beat them up, and they're going to start resenting you for it. Um, some other things you need for a successful budget. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, uh, 9 through 12 says that two people are better off than one, for they help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So the way that this works with your budget, uh, it says two are better than one, is that you need to involve your spouse in your budget or your accountability partner. You know, if you're single, find someone that, uh, that knows how to add to help you with your budget. Uh, and preferably this would not be uh, your shopping partner because they're just going to tell you. Um, you have to do it together, though, because two are better than one. And if your spouse is not involved in the budget, then you're not going to get the benefits that Ecclesiastes talks about because it says two are better off than one. You know, that spouse might be the one to tell you, hey, we've only got $5 for food and you've got $300 up here for something else. Maybe we should... So, you know, fix that so we can actually eat this week. Uh, I'm not the one that struggles with eating in my family, but just kidding. 
you cannot have one person that just does the budget, budget by themselves uh, and then just tells their, their husband or their wife. You both have to be involved. Otherwise, you're not on the same page and the other one's just going to do whatever they want and then it doesn't work. Uh, for Julie and I, other than maybe our spending cash each month, we don't spend a single dollar without the other person knowing. We're just open with our money. We do the budget together. Uh, we do the monthly budget. And then as the paychecks come in, we sit down and figure out, you know, do the, the logistics behind all of it. But I don't go to this, you know, softball season's coming up. I don't go to Big Five and buy myself a $200 softball glove and come back and say, hey, oh, by the way, Julie, while I was out, I bought myself a $200 glove. Uh, you're going to have to cut groceries by $200 this month. <laughs> no, we don't spend any money without the other person knowing it. There's no surprises. It also, uh, working like that, it helps you uh, communicate better in your marriage. Um, but that verse uh, we were just reading, uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12, uh, it also says that a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Three are better than one. So you also need to not just involve your spouse, but you need to involve God in your budget. Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So we can do all this stuff, but if you don't have the Lord working with you, then none of it ultimately is going to work. Um, that's about all I've got tonight because I've run out of time and I don't want to keep everybody too late. But uh, if, if you want to learn more about money, uh, you can buy this book, like I said, or even better, uh, sign up for our Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class. It starts next Wednesday uh, at 630. Um, and it's going to teach you all about handling money God's way. Uh, there is a little bit of a cost to the class, and that's just because you get some really nice materials with the class. Um, but... If you're not sure uh, about it, at least I would encourage everybody to come next week because the first week is free and you can see what it's all about. See if you want, if you're, maybe you would want to sign up for the class. Uh, the class is going to be uh, next door in the office building uh, just because the youth and children take the next door building and we're all in here. So, uh, But everybody, try to come to that class at least the first week. See what it's all about. Uh, I've got a sign-up sheet here. We want all... Uh, I'll bring it up here in a little bit. Um, you can also just go to hdwc.org slash fpu and sign up. Uh, and the cool thing is that if you've ever taken the class before, it's a lifetime membership. You don't have to pay each time you go through it. You pay one time. Then you can take it again whenever you want for free. So uh, I've completed. Oh, um, and the reason I talk about this is because uh, the reason it's so dear, near and dear to my heart, and you've all heard... A lot of you have probably heard me talk about it, but uh, Julie and I, uh, we started off and we didn't have uh, much at all, any debt at all when we got married, but we, uh, within just a few months of being married, we were $27,000 in debt, uh, and we weren't making a lot of money, so maybe 27000 is is a lot to some people, maybe it's not that much to others, but me and Julie making hardly any money, $27,000 may have well have been a million dollars. And then we found this uh, Financial Peace University class. And it taught us how to handle money's God's ways. And uh, we were thinking, you know, well, we're determined to get out of debt. We figured it was going to take us four or five years or whatever because we didn't make any money. But within, um, she's not here to correct me, but uh, 13 months, I believe, we had it all completely paid off. 
hardly making any money. And it was just by using the principles that we learned in Financial Peace University. So that's why... Uh, That's why I, uh, I was joking at the beginning. I, I, I teach the same thing a lot of times, but it's because it's so important. When you get out of debt, you have so much more money to give and to save and to spend. I thought it was really cool. Uh, the Tremels just paid off their mortgage. That's super cool. When you don't have a mortgage payment, you can start doing some really cool stuff with money. Um, I've gone way over my time. Let's all stand up together. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.